honestly, this episode is probably the hardest or one of the hardest that I've... It's been a challenging episode. And I say that because I've tried on multiple days to try to figure out a way to verbalize what I'm feeling right now. I feel a lot of hurt. There's a lot of uncertainty to a degree. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of confusion as well. And I just don't know what to do sometimes. It's like, man, whenever you think that we're moving somewhere, we're taking steps forward as a country, we're always swiftly reminded there are some people that for no reason other than just the color of someone's skin, they feel like they're better than someone. You know, it breaks my heart to even think that, yo, the very thing that my the very thing that my grandparents had to deal with is the very same thing that my dad had to deal with which is the very same thing that I have to deal with which more than likely will have to be the same thing that my kids will have to deal with when they get here Like, it seems like you can pick any generation, sub the story in, and it fits perfectly, and that's a problem. You know, I had a dialogue with a young white lady today, and um, I called her out. And I'm not really one to go with the like a thumb thumb thugging, a thumb warrior or anything like that. But I got tired, man. There was a post that sounded extremely tone deaf. And there was a lot of privilege in the post. There was a lot of I believe, I feel, I, I, I. And it's like, you got to understand this problem doesn't affect you. And I'm not one to say that, oh, if you're white, you need to shut up. You need to just sit back and blah, blah, blah. I feel like white people, we know white people have a voice. And no one's trying. Well, I'm going to say me. I'm like, it's not my job to try to guilt anyone to feel something. But my thing is, I'm like, if you say that you have that you have people or you know people of color that are affected by the things that are going on right now but you can't see the issues that are going on right now those same issues affect those people that you claim were your friends and your loved ones it's a problem there somewhere you know it was the post was very tone deaf and clearly, there's been a lot of those because Drew Brees got caught up as well today. Today is June 3rd, and he was on an interview. And during the interview, he um, they asked him about the um, the peaceful protest, the taking a knee during the anthem. And Drew Brees 
gave a very tone-deaf response that went something along the lines of, well, because he never actually answered the question about how he felt about the protest. He just went straight to saying that, oh, well, my grandfather and my great-grandfather served this country. And, you know, whenever I think about the flag, whenever I think about the hitting anthem, you know, and I put my hand over my heart, I think about those sacrifices they made. And I think about, you know, the things that they fought for and blah, blah, blah. And it was one of the most tone deaf things that I've heard because one, that's not what the question was. And two, your your grand, like we, we respect what your grandparents did, but your grandparents weren't the only ones who served because those same black people, those same black players that you play with, the ones that you play against, and the ones that you might even call family, I guarantee you they have someone in their bloodline that served in, <clears throat> excuse me, that served in the U.S. military and they were mistreated while they were in the military. And as soon as they left, they got treated worse than when they left. And now that might seem like an assumption, but that's what happened to my grandfather. Now, granted, I don't really know my grandfather like that. We don't really, I know of him. We don't really have much of a relationship, but my dad would always tell me stories about him, about how, uh, you know, he served and, you know, they were still treated like second-class citizens. There were certain things that they couldn't do that all the white soldiers could do. The treatment, the mistreatment was very apparent. And he saved his his troop or his platoon. Like, he saved his group. Because he was, a, I think he was a tank driver. And he did something to get them out of the way. And that saved a handful of people that saved a good amount of people. Now this happened way before I ever got here. This happened sometime in like the sixties or sometime in the seventies, but he didn't get recognition until like 2015 or 2014. So almost 40 years after he risked his life for this country for his fellow soldiers and for that flag. It took 40 years and a black president to send him a letter and give him that acknowledgement that, hey, we appreciate you. Here's the reward that you deserve. So when people give me that, when people say that stuff, when people try to justify certain actions by saying, my grandfather did this. My family did that. It's like, we understand that, but you got to also understand that it comes off tone deaf AF. And you also have to understand that in that time that your grandparents served, my grandparents weren't really allowed to serve. Or if they did serve, they served as second class citizens. Because for whatever reason, they felt like they were better than us because of the color of their skin. So if there's anyone watching, I mean, anyone listening, 
Don't be like Drew Brees. Don't be like the woman that I spoke to today. Whatever, what I mean by that is the in times like this, you have to be careful about what you say. And what I mean by that is if it's not a situation that is directly affecting you or you're in that general radius where it affects you of some sort, please be mindful of what you say. Because if you're not mindful of what you say, the things that you say can cut other people way deeper than people ever thought it would. Because I've seen, I've been seeing the tweets. Drew Brees' teammates are coming out and saying about like how hurt they are. Because you got to understand, like, you know, playing football, like especially professionally, you spend most, you spend a lot of time with these, with these men. You spend, what, like four, five of those days a week with them. You travel with them. Y'all go to war together on the field. Y'all share a lot of time together. And you can only imagine someone that you might have considered a brother, regardless of race, regardless of background, regardless of any of that. You call someone your brother. and You do what you can to protect them because you have in the back of your mind, you know that they're going to protect you the same way. When, they, when he has an open opportunity to protect you and to, and to show that he's with you, they go and do that. They make it about themselves as opposed to what the actual issue is. And the thing that people sometimes don't understand that it's never been about the flag it's never been about the anthem. It's one of those things that, like, for me personally, when I look at the flag, I wish that I could feel some of that stuff that other people feel. I don't know what that feels like. When people say they get goosebumps and all that stuff, I wish I knew what that felt like. I wish I was able to say that, like, I have so much pride and joy Whenever I see the flag, whenever I do blah, 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 because I'm trying to understand like what that feels like, because I don't know. Because for as long as I've been here, I've been mistreated for the color of my skin, not even dealing with who I am as a person. Before people, before people see me, I've been categorized, I've been mistreated, and I've seen people that look just like me, that could have been my family. That could have been friends of mine die in the street, go to jail unnecessarily for something that they didn't do, or have a super harsh penalty about something, about a about a very small crime that other people either got a warning or probation for, that person got years for. You know how many stories about athletes you hear? About someone lying on them about saying, oh, I was... I was I was assaulted or I was this or this person did this. And then years later, it finally comes out. Oh, this person lied, ruining that person's whole career. Now, I understand that that's that's an anyone thing that can happen to anyone. 
But it's like, bro, if you look, man, I don't always feel safe as a black man in this country. Because every everywhere, every which way I turn, it's like it's always something to discredit us. It's always something to discredit the black woman. That's why 9.8 times out of 10, you'll never hear me say anything negative about a black woman. Unless it's something where it's like, yo, you got to admit you're wrong. But as far as like negative or going out of my way to be negative, you'll never catch me doing it. Because my thing is, as long as I've been alive, as long as I've known and I've welcomed my blackness, the black woman has always been there for me. I don't know if I would be the man that I am today had it not been for all the black women who have poured into me, who have welcomed me into their homes, treated me like family, treated me like their very own sons. So I'll never turn my back on a black woman. And I'll do whatever I can to make sure that I'm in good graces and that I'm doing what I can to protect a black woman. So I'm saying all this to say, it's a tough time as a, as a black person in America, it's a tough time because we have to live through this trauma. Like we, like we feel trauma, we feel hurt, we feel pain, but we don't get a break. We still gotta go to work like normal after we didn't seen our cousin get killed on, on, the, on the internet. When we look at Philando Castile, when that should have been a simple traffic stop, he told the officer, oh, there is a weapon in here, but I have my license and the weapon is put away so that no one was even near touching it. And that officer killed that man in front of his wife and daughter. For what? When do you, I don't I don't think people that aren't in our shoes understand how traumatic it can be to know that I could be screaming for my life. Yo, I can't breathe. It's hard to breathe right now. That in most cases, if something is being done and someone's saying, hey, I can't breathe, I'm having trouble breathing. The average person with a with a decent heart would try to figure out, all right, how can we get this person to breathe again? But we haven't we haven't seen that from these police departments. Now I want to make it very clear. I I don't hate police. I have friends that are police. And they do a great job. I just don't understand police sometimes. Like, I, I don't get it. It's like, you're the one that's trained. You get all this training on what to do in these situations. And we'll see a situation like Dylan Roof where he'll walk into a church 
knowing exactly what he's going to do to those people. Those people welcome him in. They pray with him. They fellowship with him. All this stuff. And then he still kills them. But Dylan Roof is still alive. Dylan Roof somehow walked out of that church after killing people. Those bodies still fresh in there as they're taking him. He walks out with a weapon still nearby. But George Floyd is thrown to the ground with three three people on his back and one person on his neck when he was already in the car handcuffed and they drug they they beat him up while he's in the car they drag him out and do that to him on the street for what I'm 100% sure it was a non-violent thing why the police were called in the first place but yeah, a, a cold-hearted killer can kill people in a church that welcomed him in and walk out just fine. Actually can get stops to, to Burger King. But Sandra Bland can't go home from her simple traffic stop of not signaling. I I don't I don't get it. Like I I wanna try to understand it, but I I can't. So, saying all this to say, if you don't know what Black Lives Matter means, just take a look at some of these stories. Understand that, like, my skin doesn't make me a criminal. And if you see how throughout history, the people that people love to quote because this woman that I was going back and forth with, it was a it was a calm conversation, but this woman that I was going back and forth with, she tried to quote Martin Luther King. She was like, oh, we should handle it how MLK does it. MLK did it the right way. And it's like, okay, but these same people that saying that MLK did it the right way, we should be like Dr. King, blah, blah, blah. They forget to remember that they killed Martin. Not these people in general, but it's like they forget to remember that Martin Luther King didn't die in a car accident. He didn't die of old age. He didn't die in his sleep. He was killed. He was shot. And then they refused to take care of him when he got to the hospital. And he died shortly after that. So it's like, if you're going to tell, if you're going to tell me about Martin Luther King, tell everything. Because the same people that are saying, oh, be like Dr. King, be like Dr. King. 
also forget to realize that they tried to burn Dr. King alive in his house with his family inside. All because he was talking about hope. He was trying to give people hope and something to look forward to. A world where black, brown, white, people of all colors can live cohesively with no problem. And they killed him for it. So, to bring it all back together, for all my people that are wondering, like, man, why are they, why are people rioting? Why are people looting? I thought these were supposed to be peaceful protests. You got to understand. Sometimes people feel like, man, we've been protesting for years. My parents done protested. My grandparents protested. And all that happened to them was they got maced. They got tased. They got dog sicked on them. They got water hoses unleashed on them for just walking peacefully, trying to promote change. So some people don't want to talk anymore. Some people don't want to hold hands and kumbaya anymore. Because when you see, because the thing is, I didn't know, I didn't know a lot of information about Bloody Sunday until like today. And um, if you don't know, if you Google Bloody Sunday Selma, it's a dark day in black history because we were protesting the killing of a 26-year-old black man named Jimmy Lee Jackson. He was killed by a police officer because an officer was assaulting his mom and he tried to defend his mom and they killed him for it. They were both peacefully protesting. The officer was going at his mom, like physically attacking her for no reason. He tried to defend his mom, which I'm, which I'm sure anyone would. And he got killed for it. So they were protesting that. And with them protesting that, that turned into Bloody Sunday. They brought out hoses. They brought out dogs. All this inhumane stuff for people walking in hopes that they can get treated like regular human beings. So again, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm pro-looting, but I'm not mad at the riots either. Because I get it. Eventually people get tired of singing. Eventually people get tired of holding hands and not doing anything. So it's like, instead of trying to, this is for my all my non-black listeners, if, if you're listening. It's not about trying to fix the problem because the problem has all already been there. It's about letting the people, letting your people know that are being affected by this issue that, hey, we're gonna figure this out together. Just know that I'm your ally. Just know that you can cry on my shoulder. 
If you need a hug, I, I got you. If you're ever in danger, I'm there for you. We don't have to agree about every single thing. We don't have to believe in the same gods. We don't have to have the same politics. We don't have to say have the same background. I appreciate you, and I believe that you deserve the same human rights that I have or that someone else has. So I'm going to defend you because I care about you as a human. That That's all... That's all people are asking for. People aren't asking for charity. People aren't asking, like, it's like someone made a comment today where they said, oh, some, like, oh, since I'm white, I'm supposed to be a shield, a human shield, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, if, if that's what you feel like you need to do, then do that. But nobody is forcing you to put yourself out there like that and be a human shield for anyone. But there are allies that feel that strongly about it that they're willing to go through that. So that's that's they feel like that's their way of contributing. Because they may not know what to do on like a legal standpoint or a education standpoint on how they can help. But if they're down there in the protest. And they feel like, all right, this person has a less likelihood to get tased or the police to do something extra to this person if I'm standing in front of them. So let me stand in the gap and let me try to help out my brother, my sister. Regardless of race, regardless of color, regardless of orientation. But that's my friend. That's my brother. That's my sister. And we got to we got to make it through together. So, I didn't cry about as much as I can cry. I didn't try to rationalize about as much as I can. But, man, we, we just got to do that. We as a country need to do better. Because in a year 2020, we shouldn't be, this shouldn't still be a problem. People have a problem with the protests, people have a problem with the riots, but they don't have a problem with why people are doing it. And that's the problem. And that's why I said, don't be like Drew Brees, because Drew Brees had an open opportunity, probably one of the easiest passes he could ever throw in his life. But all he had to say was, I may not fully understand what it means to be in those shoes, but I support my brothers. Instead of making it about yourself, instead of making it about your grandfather, make it about why people are doing it and try to understand those very people that you're with every single day and say, you know what? I may not fully understand it, but it's not my place to fully understand it or it's not my place to fully try and change it myself. But if I have resources that I, where I can help, I'm going to try to help. So, like I said, Drew Brees might be a great player on the field, but right now, his character not looking too hot right now. So, don't be don't be like Drew Brees. Think before you speak and have a heart before you speak. Because if you have any friends 
that are black, they're hurting right now. They done seen people that look like their father, people that look like their husbands, like their wives, like their sons and daughters die on television, die on their phone, and feel like there's nothing that they can do about it. And they're trying to do something, but even when they try to do something, that seems like it's never enough. So please, I know we're going to, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what's next. But we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep going until, until we're all treated equally. I want to thank you guys for watching. just want to say rest in peace to George Floyd, Amal Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and all those that we never got the chance to to see because of this police brutality, the racism in America. We got to do better as a country. So for these last 30 seconds, I'm just going to be silent. Thank you. Have a good day.